0: This morning, what I'd like to do, if it's okay with you guys, hopefully it will be, I would like to just kind of preach God's Word, and then as I share God's Word with you, uh, I'm just going to illustrate some of the things uh, in the passage with Hope Center. How's that sound? And so if you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to turn with me to Psalm 116, and we're just going to look at two verses of Scripture, but hopefully two verses that will catch your attention and remind you of God's incredible love and kindness for each one of us. And so Psalm 116, I'm going to read verse 1 and 2, and I'm going to ask, if you would, to please stand in honored reverence for the reading of God's word. Psalm 116, beginning with verse 1. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. Lord, we just want to thank you for your word, and as we share it together today, we would just ask that your Holy Spirit will just add your presence, your anointing upon it, open our hearts and minds to receive all that you have in store, and it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask it, and all of God's people said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. When it comes to Psalm 116, we're really not sure who the author uh, is. Matter of fact, most scholars believe that it was King David, and maybe it was. It kind of sounds a little bit like his writing. But in the psalm, we do know this. We know that apparently, whoever the psalmist was, he was going through a very difficult time. Matter of fact, he was on the ebb of death. He was sorrowful and distressed. There were so many things happening in his life. And he literally is crying out to God in that moment. And God hears his cry and answers his prayer. And when he does so, we're told in verse 1, he says this, I love you, Lord. I love you for hearing my voice. In other words, I love you, Lord, for hearing my, my cry, for you hearing my distress. I love you for answering my prayer. Thank you, God, that you're a God who hears and answers prayer. Now, it doesn't say anything here in our passage of Scripture that this is the only reason that he loves the Lord. It doesn't say that it's the only reason. doesn't even say it's the main reason. It just says that in this moment, when God answers his prayer, his heart is enlarged to the point where he voices his love and appreciation to God for what God has done for him. And that is a beautiful thing. Matter of fact, when I have answers to prayer, it causes my faith to begin to soar. It causes me to be strengthened and encouraged. It causes me to want to run a little faster and do a little more because God is active in my life. And I think all of us kind of feel that way. I hope as well when God answers your prayer, you feel the enlargement of your heart and you want to say, Lord, I love you. Not the only reason I love you, but I sure love it when you answer my prayer. And matter of fact, he goes on to say, because God has inclined his ear, because God has listened to my prayer, he says, literally, God turned his ear toward me. Now, when I thought about that, I thought there's a beautiful illustration of God turning his ear toward us or inclining his ear toward each one of us when we pray. And it reminded me of being a pastor. For the last 45 years, I don't even know how many times I've gone to the hospital to visit the sick. And to be with them during difficult times of their life. And at different moments. Because people are kind of coming to the end of their life. They'd run well. They were coming to the end when they were going to see the Lord Jesus. I would go to call on them in the hospital. I would go there to pray for them. To encourage them. Just to support them in the incredible hope that they have. And when I would go there to pray for them. Many times they were so weak. And they were so faint, they could hardly speak. Matter of fact, they could hardly whisper to me. They would want to whisper something to me. Sometimes I might be saying, thank you, pastor, for coming. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for being here. But they would whisper. And when they did, I would literally have to kind of lean in. And I would kind of get close as I could to hear their their cry, to hear their voice, to hear their whisper. It is the same picture here in our passage of scripture. The psalmist says, I was near death and God literally just kind of lean toward me. And he heard the whispers, the intent of my heart. He heard the cry of my heart and he answered me. Because of that, he said, I'm going to keep calling on the Lord all the days of my life. In other words, when God answers prayer, it causes you to want to pray more, not less. When God answers prayer, it causes you to want to say, God is a faithful God. He hears prayer. Therefore, I'm going to keep following him and allowing God to work in my life. Well, when we took over the Hope Center years ago, I had taught many times on the topic of prayer whether it had been in classroom settings or whether it had been in small groups. And when I would teach on prayer, I would say to the group, I would say, how many ways are there that God actually answers prayer? And so I would ask the question of the class, how many ways do you think God actually answers prayer? Right away, I usually would get three obvious answers. The first way in which God answers prayer is God says, yes, I'm going to do that. Matter of fact, it's kind of John chapter 15, verse 7, where Jesus says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you will, and it will be done unto you. In other words, when we ask according to God's word and we ask according to God's will, God is able to say, yes, I'm going to do that. Good request, right request, right request according to my word, according to my will, and I'm going to do that for you. So God says, yes. Then God says, no. Not going to answer that. It's James 4.3. You have not because you ask with wrong motives, and you ask so that you can use it on your own selfish desires. And so God says, nope. Not going to answer that one because there's too much of you in your prayer and not enough of me in your prayer. So the second way he says is, no, too much of you and not enough of me. And then the third way in which God answers prayer is God says, hmm, right request. I like what you're asking, but wrong time. In other words, you're going to have to be patient on this one, but I really like your request, and I'm going to actually answer this, but it's going to take some time because this is the deal. You're praying about loved ones, and I've got to change their heart. You're praying about this situation, and I've got to work out all these details. I've got to bring it all together, and when I do, I will answer that prayer. So the most important thing for you is to be patient and wait patiently, and I'm going to answer your prayer. So God says yes. God says no. God says right request, wrong timing. Just be patient and wait upon me and so we talk about those three things in the class and then I say to them is there any other way that you can think of in which God answers prayer and so usually the room's silence and you can kind of see the cogs turning and they're thinking and finally someone will say no pastor I think that's the only way that God answers prayer yes no and wait and I'll do it later and I say to them, for about 25 years of pastoral ministry, I thought the very same thing. I thought there's only three ways in which God answers prayer. And all those would kind of fall in the same category. But then, over the last 20 years, I thought, no, there's at least two more ways in which God answers prayer. And so let me share those with you. The fourth way in which God answers prayer is this. God says, write request. I like what you're asking but I have a better idea. I have a bigger idea. In other words, Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, where God says, My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. As higher the heavens are from the earth is the difference between the way you think and the way I think, between your ways and my ways. And so I don't know the gap that is between heaven and earth, but that's pretty substantial. And so God is saying... I have such a greater idea, greater things in mind for you, and that's what I'm going to do. Matter of fact, when we stepped aside from the church at Brookville Road to come and plant the, the Hope Center, I had no idea at all that God would actually provide us a campus, 25 acres, 210,000 square feet. Matter of fact, when we first started, it was just my son and I. Today we have 45 employees. And so if you would have said to me in 2016, is this what you had in mind? I would have said, it is so much bigger, so much greater, so much more grander than anything I could have ever thought possible. That's who God is. And so the last way in which God answers prayer is a way in which most of us would be surprised. Matter of fact, when we hear it, we think, I'm not sure I feel real comfortable with this way that God answers prayer. But this is the fifth way. We're praying and God says, you do it. You do it. It's time for you to step up, get up, and begin to use the gifts, the talents, the abilities, and the resources that I have given you it is time for you to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to work in you and through you. You have this resurrection power on the inside of you. It is time for you to get off the bench and in the game of life. And so sometimes God says, you do it. I've already gifted you. You have everything you need to be that. Now, I don't know about you, but I love it when God answers my prayer. Of course, when I'm praying, I love those kind of moments. But even still, I love it when God says to me, you do it. You can be an answer of prayer to someone else. I love it when God used me in a specific way, either to give or serve or do something that helped people and they knew that I had just answered their prayer. God, used me. It's a beautiful thought. Well, in 2016, when we took over this campus, we began to put together a program, a 15-month program for women. And in doing so, we kind of wanted to set it up kind of like a college. And so every quarter, they have five core values or five classes that they have to be part of. One is career and education. Another one is wellness when it comes to trauma recovery and celebrate recovery, art therapy, sewing ministry, those kind of things. Another one is financial, in other words, financial literacy and helping them to put together a budget, understand what it means to be able to put that together, even to the point of credit card debt and the dangers of that, and then even moving toward retirement and understanding about savings We put together a class about relationship building and them understanding how to restore those relationships, build upon them, and how to have healthy relationships. And then the last one, of course, is the spiritual aspect. Helping them to take a Bible class, go to church, be part of who we are when it comes to Christ-centered and a Christ-centered refuge. Well, during that time, we began in 2016. We took over this large campus And one of the first needs that we had when the ladies began to show up was we needed clothing. And so we took over in 2016, and from in November 2016 all the way to August of 2017, we were literally creating the program, and we were getting our, our building ready to receive ladies to come in. So when they started coming, we realized we needed clothing. There was a couple ladies in, that were serving and helping at the, at the um, center who came up to me one day, and they said, Hey, Pastor, let us create a boutique for you. It could be an ongoing fundraiser for you every day. Now, the funny thing was I'd never been to a boutique, never heard of one, couldn't even pronounce the word boutique, right? And they said, No, really, Pastor, we think it could be a really good thing. And so they just, I said, Well, go for it. And so they kind of scoped out a couple rooms there at the foyer of our building. And so they began to get it cleaned out. They painted it. They started getting it all ready. And so on a Thursday, Sarah came to my office. And so Sarah came carrying a piece of flooring. And she said, hey, pastor, this is the flooring we picked out. It was just dark laminate. She said, it's $2,000. What shall we do about that? In other words, what they were saying was, we've been paying for all of this out of our own pockets, and now we don't have $2,000 to pay to put the flooring in. So, can you help us with that? So, I said to her, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to pray and say, hey, God, you got till Monday to provide some flooring, because if you don't, we got to go buy it. Because that's what Americans do. We pray about it, then we go get it. Because we can, right? I mean, that's the truth, right? So, anyway, I said to her, let's just pray and say, hey, God, you got till Monday to provide some flooring, because if you don't, we've got to go buy it. So every Saturday, we do tours at the Hope Center at 1030. So you're all invited to come on Saturday, any Saturday, 1030. Come, and we'll give you a tour. So I was giving this tour on this Saturday, and I was standing there talking about the Hope Center, and I said, hey, over here is going to be our boutique. As soon as we get the floor down, we'll be ready to go. And there was a gentleman in the tour who spoke right up. And he said, I will buy that floor and install it if you let me. I said, let me make sure I heard you correctly. I'm going to incline my ear to this. And I said, did you say that you would buy the floor and install it if I let you? He said, that's exactly what I said. And I said, I will let you. And so on Monday then, he came carrying the floor in, and he installed it in the boutique. And after that, we created a motto. Let's wait till Monday and see what God will do. Because we have a lot of those incredible God stories that happen. Now, when I think about that young man, when he walked into that tour that day, I don't think he came in thinking, I'm an answer to prayer. I'm going to be a blessing today, and I'm going to answer the prayer of these people. I don't think that at all. Matter of fact, I think when he showed up that day, God said, you do it. You have the resources and you have the gift set. You have the ability. You just do that for this group. And he did. It's a wonderful thing when you and I are in that position, when God just says, you do it. I've gifted you. You can do this. Well, one of the things when my son David would cast the vision for the Hope Center, we started the Hope Center together in 2016. And when he would go out to speak, he would talk about this enormous campus. I mean, you can just imagine, right? 210,000 square feet is like 74 homes or something when there's 25 2,500 square feet of home. And so he would say stuff like this. Well, there on the campus, we need so many things. We would need a carpenter, and God knew a carpenter. He knew a guy. And we would need an electrician, and God knew a guy. And we needed a plumber, and God knew that guy. And we needed a carpet layer, and God knew that guy. And we needed a painter, and God knew that guy. And he would just go through this litany of this list And he would just keep saying, and God knew that guy, and God knew that guy, and God knew that guy. And what he was saying was, all these different people came to help us put that campus together. I remember we took over the campus, like I said, in November of 2016. I mentioned it was 25 acres. In the spring of 2016, it had slipped my mind that I had to mow that place. <laughs> Can you imagine? Almost 26 acres. And we had to mow this, and so I'm thinking, oh my, I don't even have a lawnmower. <laughs> That's the truth. Or if we did have one, it was probably broken down. Or it was old, it was left there, you know, and they didn't want to get rid of it. And so... I was at the Cracker Barrel here in Greenfield and I was talking to this gentleman and I was just sharing with him about the Hope Center and I would say this to him. I said, at the Hope Center, every day is a God day. Every day is a day of answers to prayer and miracles and wonders and partnerships and networking. And so we spent a couple hours talking together, sharing about the Hope Center. And so when we finished, we got up from our table to walk out. And when we started to walk out, there was another gentleman sitting at his table. He got up from his table, walked over, stuck out his hand to shake my hand. He said, Pastor, the Lord's been dealing with me about mowing your property. And I said, wait a minute. That's like 25 acres. That's like ridiculous thinking, right? And I said, wait a minute. And then he said, like I said, the Lord's been dealing with me about mowing your property. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. And so for four years, he sent two big commercial mowers over there to mow our campus. And it took him like eight hours each to mow that place. I'm kind of ashamed of it now. I mean, I didn't even buy his gas. <laughs> but sometimes God just says to people, you can do it. You got the resources, you got the ability, you can help these people. They're pushing my kingdom forward and just join them in what they're doing. Help them do that. Well, since we opened the campus, we've had 400,000 volunteer hours served at the Hope Center. Can you grasp that a little bit? 400,000 volunteer hours. So if I would just have paid those volunteers $10 an hour, That would be $4 I just want you to know something. I don't have $4 million. (laughs) But I'm so grateful that God said to others, you do it. You can do it. You can help these people. You can move the kingdom forward. You can do these things. And so, man, it was like this mighty army that showed up from the body of Christ to help us. Today, we have about 155 churches on board. And when you come on board, we'll have 156. How's that sound? But we've been praying for 200 because we need that kind of support to make the kingdom of God move forward. One of our first outreach partners at the Hope Center, uh, and we have about 25 other partnerships at the Hope Center impacting our city and our community And uh, in other words, they have offices there. We provide them free office space. We provide them internet service. We provide them IT uh, help and all the things that they would need. All right? And we realize that they're out there. They're trying to raise and support themselves. And so we're just trying to be a blessing to them. As long as God blesses, we're going to try to bless them. One of our first partners was um, with Dr. Carolyn Knight and Light and Darkness. In 2005, she was driving by a billboard, that was advertising a strip club. And she said, this young lady, she was kind of dressed on the fringe a little bit. And she said, but the one thing I noticed was I looked at the lady's eyes in that billboard picture, and her eyes looked empty and sad. And she said, when I saw that, I just prayed, Lord, would would you please send someone to help those ladies? And then she said, what she heard back, really surprised her. Matter of fact, she said, the Lord said, I found someone. It's you. You do it. And she said, when the Lord spoke to her, it was so clear of a voice and so clear of a vision that she said her stomach dropped and she thought, me? How could you use me to do that? But today... She has 30 women's groups in six or seven different states that goes to strip clubs, massage parlors, and does street ministry to rescue ladies. It's kind of like friendship evangelism. Sometimes they go to the strip clubs and take gift bags and throw exit numbers in there and ask them if they can pray for them and just let them know that there's hope and there's help out there if they're really wanting that. I think it's an incredible thing that sometimes God just says, you do it. I've gifted you. I've called you. You have the ability to do this. I've often said this, it's a dangerous thing to pray. Did you know that? It's dangerous to pray. Because when you pray, God might say, you give that. You do that. You've got the ability to do it. Well, when I think about that whole concept of you do it, I just want you to know something. I want to make this really clear because sometimes I think people could get confused about you do it. Never in the pages of Scripture does God say you do it all by yourself. That's the beautiful thing. In other words, God didn't say, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go out there and do that. If you fall flat on your face, doing it in your own strength, with your own wisdom, just get up and try it again. That's not what God's saying. Matter of fact, God says you do it, and the beautiful thing is that you and I get to be co-laborers with God. That we get a tag team with God, we get to come together with him, and God then gets to, to use us. We get to be his mouthpiece, we get to be his hands, his feet, we get to be his eyes, we get to be his passion, we get to be everything that God wants us to be in the everyday Sometimes we talk about the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Guess what? We get to be a laborer in the harvest field because God is saying, hey, I need laborers. The harvest is ripe. Get involved. Get out there and do something. And so the whole idea of when God says you do it, he's just trying to say this. I put my Holy Spirit in you, and the Holy Spirit has given you incredible spiritual gifts. And not only is he giving you the spiritual gifts, this resurrection power that rose Jesus, that raised Jesus from the dead is now living in you. So what more do you need to actually do something for the kingdom of God? And so we get to team up with, with him. It is the call of God you do it. That's a beautiful thing. Sometimes we forget, oh, man, I just got called by God to do something. I remember I was driving a marathon all truck when God called me to preach. I was 20 years old. But I knew as I read through the word, God said, this is you. The spirit of the Lord is upon you. I have anointed you to preach the good news of the gospel. It was a call of God on me. God was saying, you do it. I need a voice out there preaching the gospel. You go do it. Well, when I think about being co-laborers, I love that. I love it when God is able to use me and then when God does something to let me know his favor is there. In other words, sometimes we step out by faith and we trust that God's going to do something and then God places his hand upon you with his anointing and God places his favor on you and his blessing on you and then all of a sudden God does something that only God can do. I mean, I love it when all of a sudden God does something that you and I would never think he would probably do. I remember one day I was walking into the what time are we supposed to be over? <laughs> I got to watch myself. One day I was walking into the boutique and we were trying to create a prayer center, right? So uh, we have a 24/7 prayer center on our campus. We have 1,100 people praying for the Hope Center our city every single hour. And so that's a beautiful thing or I should say every single day at different hours. And so I was walking in, and the building, when we took it over, the roof had leaked, and it had destroyed it all. And so we literally, Park Chapel came over on a workday, and they threw it all in a dumpster, and I had a concrete floor, a block ceiling above me, and I thought to myself, okay, I can um, do an industrial look to the floor, I can build a platform for the praise teams, I can put a drop ceiling in, put an air conditioner and a furnace in, and I can do it all for $20,000. Now, the one thing about me is I'm the eternal optimist about getting something done cheaper than you can actually get it done for, because you have to be if you work at the Hope Center. I'm just saying. And so, anyway, I was walking in the boutique one day, and as I was walking in, I just said out loud, I said, hey, Lord, I need like $20,000 for the prayer center, so what are you going to do about that? I mean, it is his ministry, right? And as soon as I said, what are you going to do about that? He just whispered this lady's name. Ask her. This lady's name came right to me. Go ask her. Now, that's not normal, but sometimes God speaks, and you can hear her clear. And so I went back to my office, and I realized we actually had her contact information because she had been on a tour before. So I knew that she had a little bit of a heart for who we are, but I sure didn't know her well enough to ask her for $20,000, at least I didn't think I did. And so I put the, I didn't even call her, I put a text together. That's when you know you're not courageous. (laughs) You put a text together and hide behind the text or something, right? And so anyway, I put this text together, it sounded something like this. I'm trying to raise $20,000 for our prayer center, and your name was the first name that came to my mind. I have other people that I could ask, but I wanted to see if you and your husband would pray about helping me with the prayer center. So I sat there for a long time. I thought, do you even send something like this? This is like crazy thinking, right? A name came to you and you're going to ask this person for $20,000. And so I just went, send. And in five minutes, this lady texted me back and she said, We would be honored to give you $20,000 for your person. You know, sometimes God does that kind of stuff just to let you know that He hears you, that He's a personal God, that He's there. He wants to increase your faith, your trust. He wants to show divine favor. He wants to show blessing. I love it when God does those kind of moments and we have those miraculous kind of divine intervention and provision. I love that. But I want you to know what else I love. I love it when God uses me to be an answer to prayer for someone else. I can't tell you how many ladies have come to the Hope Center and they will say to me, Pastor, you saved my life. You saved my life. I remember early on when I was doing a discipleship class with them, one of the girls said, where was God in my situation? I mean, that's a pretty good question. When I was going through all my hell and all of what I was going through, where was God in all of that? And I said... God was working on a pastor's heart to step aside from a church that he had pastored for 33 years to start a place called Hope Center Indy to provide you a place where you could come free and get your life back. But God had to work in me, so I would say yes. You know, sometimes... We're kind of like Moses a little bit there in Exodus chapter 4, right? Where God calls Moses and he says, I'm going to send you down to Egypt. You're going to deliver my people. And so as he does that, Moses' response to God is, what if the if moments of our life, right? We all have them. Yeah, God, but what if? What what if I go out there and fall flat on my face? What if this isn't your leading? What if this isn't what you're asking of me? What, 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 what if? And then finally, God says to, to Moses, what is in your hand? It was nothing more than a shepherd's staff. Something that you would guide sheep with, right? And God says, throw it down. He threw it down, it became a snake. And then he said, pick it up. I wouldn't have. I'm just saying, I, I don't like snakes. You know, I would have ran from that staff. But he reached down, it came, became a shepherd's staff again. But it became the staff of God. It became the miracle working staff. And so when we took over this incredible campus, it needed so much work. It needed so much energy and effort and prayer. And we just kind of looked around and we had to say, what's in our hand? Because, God, we need miracles. We need you to take this place that is old and worn out in many different ways, and you're going to have to do a staff of miracles and a God of miracles, and we're going to need your favor, and we're just going to have to trust you. And that's what God did. He began to completely give that place a facelift and create a ministry that helps ladies. Well, God answers prayer in five ways. He says, yes, no, wait, but it's the right request, but be patient. I have a better idea because your idea is good, but mine's so much grander and greater and bigger. You're not even going to believe it if I share it all with you. You couldn't even imagine it, what I'm going to do for you. And then the last one is God says, you do it. That you and I get a co-labor and tag team And run with God and be part of this eternal kingdom. It is absolutely amazing that we are chosen by God to do something for God. I'm not really sure how God's gonna answer your prayers, hopefully, in one of those five ways as you continue to pray and seek Him. But this is what I want for you this morning. I really want you to be able to say, I love the Lord. I love the Lord because he inclined his ear to hear the cry of my heart. He heard my prayer and he answered me. And because he answered me, I will call upon him all the days of my life. Lord, thank you for your word today. And we just pray that as we kind of allow you to continue to work in and through our life, that you will teach us in the school of prayer that you will continue to call us deeper and cause us to want to say yes. We long for those moments when you say you do it, but we also long in those moments when you're miraculous and you do divine provision because we so desperately need it. It causes us to realize that there's divine favor and anointing and blessing. We want to do it with you. So grateful that we get to be called children of God, co-laborers with you. We pray for this dear church, God. We pray for everyone that's here, that you will continue to encourage their hearts with answered prayer. We pray that they will soar, that they will be strengthened and encouraged and empowered, that they will keep trusting, keep believing. They'll keep professing. I love the Lord because he hears and answers my prayer. And I pray that they'll do it all the days of their life. I pray that they will run well, finish well. I pray that you will bear much fruit in and through this congregation. and. We just ask that as you set before them a door of opportunity into the future, that they will walk through that door and that they will be a blessing for you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask it all. And all of God's people said, amen. Hey, don't forget, every Saturday, 1030, we do tours, and we'd love to see you there. It takes about an hour and a half to go through our facility and see everything. We'll explain a lot more than I did this morning, but uh, Lord bless. Let me express on your behalf our profound thanks to Pastor Nolan and his team for coming and being with us and for you ministering your word, God's word to us. Uh, we know that you have spoken uh, to us, God has spoken to us through you. It's our desire to go forth now and to let God display his glory, his righteousness, and his saving love through us. As we say to him, God, do it through us. May his blessing and favor be upon you. You're dismissed.